All right, guys, welcome to your most favorite podcast in the entire world, Sundays at 7. Woo! <laughs> 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 <clears throat> All right, guys. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Alright guys, <laughs> we are back and better than ever on this Saturday evening. I got my Christmas tree put up. We are pottying. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> can't really say pottying. <laughs> we are doing a potty in the light of a Christmas glow and we're so excited about it. We also have a hot topic tonight. Hot topic number four. Yeah, this one is pretty nuts. It is. And we've got two special guests. Everyone, let's please welcome... Steve and Shanda Crosby. Thank you for having us. Yes, you're welcome. So glad you could be. (laughs) You're not voice. You're welcome. Well, Steve had his hand on the table and I felt kind of bad about it. Should I do some? I was actually hoping there'd be some food, but I guess. Uh, I got peanut butter pie in the freezer. I already told you. And pumpkin pie. And pumpkin pie. And I got some broccoli casserole in there. Some parmesan crusted chicken. What do you want? Anyway, so tonight we have Steve and Shanda. They are going to talk to us about bum 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 the, the end, end times. times. Just kidding. I feel like people get really scared to talk about the end times, and so that's why we decided to do this because we kind of wanted to bring some things to light out of the darkness and just kind of, you know, give people an idea of Stephen. Stephen Shanda How studied this a be. lot. Yes, definitely. How good it is. They study this a lot, and so um, we definitely want to get them on here. That get them on here to ask questions. Also, I just want to say really quick before we dive into this that prophecy and end times topics are very widespread and very deep, and there are a lot of things that we can discuss. And so tonight we're only going to basically, you know, scratch the surface. Yeah, there's a lot underneath. There that probably could be gonna... a whole series on this topic alone. Yeah. Like six weeks of it, you know? Yeah, definitely. So we're just going to talk about a little bit tonight. And if you have more questions or anything, maybe we'll do a second one. Who knows? Anyway, so let's go ahead and get right into it, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So first, I think it would be best to maybe discuss what is prophecy and why do we think prophecy is important when going into a discussion about the end times? Because I think it kind of sets the predecessor. It's a predecessor. Mm-hmm. Um, a prophecy is something that is told before something happens. Uh, it gives this is gonna this is gonna happen in the future. You know, they prophesy that this is going to happen, and um, it is important because you know I feel like you know a lot of people look at prophecy as they're they don't understand it. It's it's scary. It is something that should bind us together. Something should bring us together. It's something that we can be hopeful for, that we can live for, because we know that God has promised. There's been prophecies throughout time that God is going to come. Jesus is going to come back. He's going to come back and he's going to get us. And he's, you know, and that's something that we have to look forward to, especially, you know, now in the midst of this craziness that we are living in, to have a peace about uh, our future and what that holds is is amazing, and it it is important to uh, to know. I think God gives us, you know, in, in Revelation. Uh, Shane, does it one three? Revelation one three. What's, what's that scripture say? 
There's a blessing in two places in Revelation for those who uh, study prophecy. Revelation 1.3 says, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. And then if you move over to Revelation 22, um, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who, who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. And that uh, is also followed up in verse 10. Then he said, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, because the time is near. So you know, I, I do believe that this is, this is one of those things. It's a blessing to, uh, to know and to study. And, you know, most people like to know what's come, coming down the road. And even mm -hmm. though there's lots of, as you said before, there's lots and lots and lots of different viewpoints. And people believe different ways. That's okay. You know, I, I think the bottom line here is, is Jesus is coming back. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. How or when it happens and the way that it, it, it all falls is, is up for interpretation. You know, I think there's things that are, you know, um, that, that people believe in. There's different interpretations of these other things. And so that is, um, that's where the fun comes in. That's mm -hmm. where the fun comes in of learning about all the different viewpoints, all the different things that could possibly happen. Yeah. So at least for me, that's that's what I have loved. My dad loved prophecy, um, and that's I guess that's where I, I I learned and loved, you know, had had grew a love for it. I will say that my faith jump started as never before when I began to study prophecy and um, fulfilled prophecy in the Bible, and then that led me to prophecy uh, about events yet to come. And I think that it's important to note that out of 216 chapters in the New Testament, there are 318 references to the second coming of Jesus. 23 of 27 New Testament books mention prophecy, and for every prophecy about the birth of Christ, there are eight about his second coming. So how can we say it isn't important? And, you know, it's in the Old Testament, you know, there were over 300 prophecies about Jesus's first coming there are 109 distinct ones but there were references over 300 you know references to it and every one of them was fulfilled to a T mm -hmm. exactly and the, and the odds of that are just astronomical as you know so to think that man to think that the what's you know there's more about his second coming and how you know it, it's going to be amazing it's going to be wonderful it's going to be something to look forward to and and, and, you know, believe in. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to kind of go through some of those Old Testament prophecies. just to... Well, first of all, the probability that just 20 of the 109 distinct prophecies about the Messiah could be fulfilled in one man is less than one in one quadrillion, 125 trillion. So I, I think those are... Is that are, even a number? Yeah, it's, that's How many pretty... Is that? That's pretty crazy. Um, but... Every one of them was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And there's no denying that he is the Messiah. So some of those Old Testament prophecies, and I will go down the list quickly, uh, that were fulfilled specifically by Jesus. And these were all verses in the Old Testament. I wish we had time to go through them, but um, specific prophecies such as Messiah will be the seed of a woman. There will be a virgin birth. Messiah will be confined to a rare bloodline. Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. 
he will be preceded by a forerunner, which was John the Baptist. Uh, Messiah will be cut off, which is prophesied in Daniel. He will be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. He will be pierced through his hands and feet. And this prophecy was made long before crucifixion was even a thing. Um, it was prophesied that the Messiah, uh, no, the soldiers would gamble for his clothing. And uh, one of the ones that really struck me specifically is that um, the Old Testament prophecy that the Lamb of God, no bones would be broken, just as was in the uh, Old Testament sacrificial system when the perfect Lamb was sacrificed, the bones were not broken. And anytime someone was crucified, they would break the legs of the person on the cross because that made uh, the death go faster. And um, they came to Jesus to do that. The Bible tells us in John, John 19 to be specific, it tells us that they went to Jesus to break his legs and he was already dead. So his bones were not broken as prophesied in three places in the Old Testament. I think that's pretty significant. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times people um, have a hard time kind of believing prophecy because they don't understand the length of time that went from the prophecy to it actually being fulfilled. Like the yeah. length of time in the Bible was so hard for our like human, you know, heads to understand, I feel like. I also think it's important to point out that the Septuagint, was, which is the Old Testament translated into the Greek, um, was done 200 years before the birth of Christ. So... Uh, those words that were written in the prophecies about the Messiah could not have been written after his coming because they were mm. already translated uh, 200 mm. years before his birth. Interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. And these are facts of history. Hmm. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I have a question. Why this is apart from the questions that we have, okay? <laughs> Why do you think People are so scared to talk about this kind of stuff. What what breeds that sense of? Mm. Uh, yeah, I I think it's I think people have a plan for their life. I think they have a they're looking forward to this and they want to do that and they want to they don't want anything to mess that up. Mm. Um, and I think you know I don't I think the wonder uh, of of what is um, I don't think we understand. What what this is about? The just the this we this is a this time on earth is just but a blip in in all of eternity, and you know this is our chance on uh, this earth to make a difference. And you know sometimes I feel like in the cultures that we live in, it becomes all about us. And I want to be able to do this, and I want to have this, and I want to. I want to get married. Uh, I yeah, whatever. Kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and that's great. We, that that's part of it, but it doesn't supersede the fact that we're going to get to spend eternity with Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, that's the bottom line to me of the end times that, you know, it's not more important than anything. I mean, it's more important than anything else we did really, you know, to, uh, uh to live a life and, and get as many people, you know, to follow Christ as possible. So there are some, uh, scary things that Revelation talks about that will happen. And I think um, a lot of people like to uh, symbolize those and spiritualize those. And we believe that if the first coming prophecies, 
were fulfilled so literally that certainly God wouldn't change his plan and fulfill the second coming prophecies in a spiritual or symbolic way. So we do feel like those are literal events that will happen. Um, there are different ways of looking at that. We acknowledge that. And we have good friends who don't agree. Um, it's not Shane so, and I don't even agree on certain things. It's, it's not a salvation issue. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing we all agree on clearly is that the second coming of Jesus is imminent. It can mm-hmm. happen any day. And what will we be doing when that happens? You know, that, that could motivate us to uh, evangelism or right living in and of itself is... That how will Jesus find the state of my heart when he comes back? Um, what will my attitude be? What will I be doing? Um, and, you know, regardless of how the second coming events f- unfold, um, you know, I would want to be prepared. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us to be prepared for that second coming. And, you know, really nothing has to happen for Jesus to come back. There is no prophecy yet. That has to happen for that to happen. We're living in that time. That, uh, that at least Shannon, I feel like this is imminent. Mm-hmm. The return of our Lord is imminent. Can so I share. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I was just going to say we, we talked about Old Testament prophecies, and you said yeah, those was, those kind of came to life, and we expect God to do the same thing for a second coming. So, what are maybe some second coming prophecies that you could share with us? Yeah, I, could I think this is like important to talk about right now, as you talked about. In the time we're living in, I feel like this topic is even more so being brought up because, you know, the world is kind of crazy mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I feel like whenever people are, the world, you know, not individuals, but us collectively, like a collective suffering, we often refer to, oh, this is the end times, you know. Yeah. So I just think it's important to kind of just talk about the things that are happening right now, you know. So. And, yeah. and I think what we're seeing that's causing all this chaos is part of the I believe that is leading us to that end. Uh, just if I could just go through a few. That's yeah. I do think it's important, though, before Steve starts to point out that Jesus was very clear in the truth that no one knows the day or the hour mm-hmm. of his return. You that now, up. as Christians, we are we can know the season. If we're, in, we're, if we're um, Bible-believing Christians, we should understand what's happening in our world, and we should understand... Um, how the events are leading to the coming of Christ, but no predictions, no date setting. That is not uh, biblical. You know, and it's really, I, I really enjoy seeing, reading headlines um, from all over the world at different in different newspapers and going, that's exactly what that's talking about. That's that prophecy. You know, you could see it take place. It just it just makes your faith stronger. It makes it makes your, yeah. you know, gosh, God, you've got this. I mean, I am, I am excited, you know. So, just a couple of signs. Uh, well, there's not a couple. There's several, but I'm going to kind of give them in groups. There's the signs in the nature, and that's like famine and earthquakes, plagues, you know, like the the coronavirus. So signs. There's signs in the heavens. We've had really strange weather this year. There's you know, there's, you know, there's been a lot of hurricanes over the past several years, and this year especially, they've already moved from our alphabet to the Greek alphabet. There's been so many. And fires, too. And fires. Strange fires. Um, there's a lot of talk in the news now about UFOs. There's things, discovery in yeah. space. It's just it's signs in the heavens that the Bible talks about. There's signs in our, our society, which, 
you know, immorality, there's greed, there's selfishness, lawlessness, there's violence, there's rebellion. We're seeing that now mm -hmm. more than ever before. There are spiritual signs, uh, some of the negative things, there's false Christ, there's, there's cults group, the cultic groups, there's uh, apostasy in, in the church. And I think you're seeing that um, a lot now and our churches are struggling. Uh, there's widespread heresy in the church. There's there's a movement toward a one world religion. Right now, they're they're opening in Dubai. They're opening a place. They're going to build it. That's that's for the world to come together. There was just a between um, uh, the Pope and and someone in the Muslim and the Judeo Christian. There was a, there was a treaty that was signed. There was a, a a joint declaration about how all the all the the religions need to come together. And this this is exactly what the Bible said. That this was this was what was going to happen. It was in, it's in Revelation 17. He talks about it, and we are seeing this. And they're actually building this place where you can go, and it's like a museum, and you can celebrate hmm. this. Um, there's you know, there's outbreak of demonic and occultic activity. Um, some of the positive things. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's worldwide evangelism. There's a more of an understanding of Bible prophecy. You know, he tells us that in the end, you will begin to understand things more and more. And I think that's that's what we're seeing. We're seeing more of these signs coming. We're seeing, oh, that's how that fits. That's how this works. Um, some of the world political signs, and I think this right here is the most important sign that we live in, was the reestablishment of Israel. In 1948, Israel became a nation once again. Uh, what was the date? 67 AD? 70. 70 AD. They were... Um, dispersed around the world. The temple was destroyed and the Jewish nation ceased to exist and they were scattered to the four corners of the earth. Well, that was also predicted in the Bible, P.S. And then um, um, the Jew, the, there's never been a nation to come back together after being disbanded. And this happened in uh, 1948, which was fairly recently. Um, the Jewish nation became Israel again. And it's the first time in 2,900 years that the Jewish people were back in the land united. Because even back in the Old Testament, they were split into two kingdoms. But now they were, in 1948, they came together united. And the Bible predicted that the nation would be born in a day, and it literally was. It was. Mm -hmm. Through a united, na you know, through the Balfour Declaration, through United Nation things, it, it was born overnight and literally, it was it was a property and was owned by, uh, by England, and so it just kind of happened. Overnight. Oh, I have something specific uh, with that as well. Uh, the, the Bible says that the future temple services uh, will be using the currency of the shekel, well, even when Israel was formed again in 1948, their currency was the British pound. But in 1980, they adopted the shekel. So even that has become... So this, I mean, even you're seeing all this specifically, mm -hmm. you know. And I, hang on, I want to say something okay. that, because we, uh, my parents, <laughs> they had a, they had like a prophecy group and a bunch of us went to it. This was what, like last year? Mm -hmm. And I remember this specifically just, it hit me... It, Israel is the size of New Jersey. You can, if you Correct. turn Israel on its side, you can lay it in Kentucky. And it is like the pinnacle of a lot of the like stuff medicine, that's happening right? in the world. Yes. I mean, everything is centered around Israel, weirdly enough. And it's literally. And the, the size Bible of says that you will become a cup of 
What that will it? send all the surrounding nations reeling. Zechariah right. 12. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. And it's literally doing that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, I do think another thing people need to understand very quickly is that Revelation is not the only place that you can find prophecy about the end. It's, it's very prominent in Zechariah, in Daniel, in Ezekiel, in so many Old Testament books. just wanted to say that. Probably more than actually in Revelation. I mean, more. There's more description. And they also tie together. Yes, from from New Testament to Old Testament. Just a couple more of these political, these world political signs. Um, there's an. It predicts the air of hostility toward Israel, and that's what you're seeing today. You know this this peace treaty that that they've been working on. This is this is prophesied in Daniel. That Daniel nine. Daniel nine. That this will start. The, uh, the tribulation, t- time of tribulation, when this peace treaty is signed. And you're seeing it, it's, a, it's a peace treaty with many nations. Peace treaty between, yeah, between who? Between, uh, with, with people around Antichrist, yes. specifically. Specifically, we'll, we'll make a, a treaty with, with Israel and bring them peace for seven years. Because, um, and you're starting to see that take place. There's already, you know, with, with several nations. And I, I feel like we're, we're watching this take place. And it's just, it's really cool. Well, we're say. watching it culminate <clears throat> and to that point. The final one will be, will be the Arabs because they're, they have the greatest differences. And so uh, how that is negotiated and, and all that stuff, I'm, I'm not real sure. Um, other other political sides. There's talks. The Bible talks about in Revelation nine of Asian nations who are capable of having an army of two hundred million. That is 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 today. I mean, that's China. They have you know an army of two hundred million. And here's the thing: people have thought throughout history that um, the end is coming. You know, we're living in this time. We're living in, but. But when you sit back and look at it now, and I think this is because we're close to the end and we're beginning to see this, we're, we are the, the generation that has seen all this take place. You know, in the 1800s, they had no idea that Israel wasn't a nation. How could that possibly be? So, you know, we're seeing all of these signs come, come together. The reunification of Europe. This is, you know, we, I feel like this is where the the one world government will come from. You know, and I believe you can, this may be a little more conspiracy, but I believe that the coronavirus is, is leading our world toward a one world system, one world economy, one world government. Um, is that in the Bible? Yes. That's the so you know, one world government. One world government is a one world government, one world religion. Why do you think that the corona is leading us into that? Because, go ahead. I, I think because the the economies are going to have to have a reset. You can that's the term they're using. And it's a net. It's a it's a uh, international issue. Glo- it's global. It's Isn't global. This one of the first times it's literally been global. Exactly. Which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is is just some of the things that are accelerated signs that they call them um, the um, the increase of knowledge is exponentially growing. Listen, they in, in the 1800s they would um, the knowledge that they would have our paper, like if you picked up the paper, let's say like the New York Times, that would have more information in that than they have in their whole life. Whoa! Mm. And so, like in the 1900s came around, and in the 60s, uh, 
uh, knowledge was like increasing double every 25 years. It was not, you know, it was doubling then. Now they're saying that it is increasing, doubling. Our knowledge is doubling every 72 hours. That's crazy. So if you look at a scale and you look at it, it literally is the curve is exponential. And it's it's crazy. There's an increase in transportation. Um, there is... Um, um, the signs are like birth pains. Like, you know, it, when a lady has a baby, she goes into contractions and they could be six or seven minutes apart or whatever. But as, as the baby, baby gets closer, they get closer and closer. And that's what we're seeing. And that's what Jesus said they would be like was birth pains. Right. Mm. So what about um, like President Trump moving Jerusalem to the, like to be the capital? The embassy, the embassy, moving our embassy to Jerusalem and saying that it's the capital. Well, the Israel did not have occupancy of Jerusalem until 1967, the Six-Day War. Mm. And, and they became, they became, um, um, they, they overtook Jerusalem and became theirs again. Now they, there's a lot of issues with the Temple Mount um, because that is uh, the third, I think it's the third uh, most important Muslim site. So there's a, there's a huge controversy that's going on. Which is pretty much the prophecy fulfilled about Jerusalem being the center of, of yeah. things in, in, the, in the times of the end. I mean, there's been several things that have gone through the United Nations about Jerusalem becoming a world capital. Mm. So there's even talk of that that's going on, which is, you know, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this little bitty nation... You know, and that's that's the centerpiece of of the world, and it's uh, you know, and interestingly, uh, one of the most powerful, well equipped, well trained militaries on the planet is found right in Israel. Certainly, and that's the Zachariah most twelve. Yes, also. certainly the most uh, powerful in the region there, and one of the most in the world, which is also prophecy. And refocusing of world politics will be toward Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So all of these things, as, as we see them, are just literally literally taking place not only did the bible predict that israel uh, would be a factor in the end but it predicted that israel would blossom as a rose in the desert and that is a very specific thing that that happened because you can only imagine that when israel was formed in 1948 after 2000 years of foreign conquerors i mean the land was desolate and uh, mark twain famously um made the statement that all the sheep had to eat as rock and some other world leaders had gone there and said, you know, this is a horrible place. Well, guess what? Since 1948, everything has totally changed. The land is fertile and, and blooming and they have, uh, it's basically the breadbasket of the Middle East now. So that prophecy has also come true. And, and you've talked, said something about why the, you know, I think there has never been a president that has done more for Israel than Donald Trump. Hmm. And he has put the focus of, of the world, you know, calling it the capital of, because, you know, the Arab people claim the land and they claim that is their capital. So this is the fight. This is, oh. this is the, you know, it's, it goes way back to Abraham and Sarah. This was, this is a long bit, a long feud that is still going on. Hagar. Yeah. Yeah, Ishmael. Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ishmael, the father of the Arab nation. He'll be a wild donkey of a man, right? Right. He'll be a wild donkey of a man, exactly. And that is the father of the Arab, Arab nation. And so you have the Jewish people in the Arab nation, and they have been at odds 
for for forever. Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also significant that uh, the Book of Revelation and other places talk about a future temple, um, the third temple, uh, the second temple destroyed in AD seventy. Mm-hmm. The third temple. Uh, the Bible discusses will be there in the end, and it is actually being planned. The the implements used in the temple sacrifice are already prepared. They are. The brazen altar. There's several pieces that they have put together, and they they have ready for. They have the cornerstone of the temple ready. Um, there's a there's a society, a temple watch society. I mean, there's I mean they're ready just to give it. You know, I believe that it'll be part of that that. Um, Peace. Peace treaty mm-hmm. that they can build their temple there along with the I can never pronounce the Asalasa Mosque that's there. So that's the uh, Muslim site. Mm. So pretty, pretty awesome. Also, yeah. one of my favorite prophecies is pretty straightforward in Second Peter 3. It says this. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. So even the fact that people are saying it's not going to happen is a prophecy itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, Interesting. yes. And I, and I do believe, honestly, I think our churches do not teach this enough. I was going to ask I just, I feel like we are... I think if you, our society has made it, if you believe this and you, I mean, just to talk about it and say, what if this is going on? What if you're considered a conspiracy theorist? Mm -hmm. You hear that word all the time now. And so, you know, I believe that um, it wasn't taught as much in our our seminaries and um, those kinds of things that um, I, I think that it's not something that is, in the forefront much anymore and I think our churches just don't just yeah don't. and I think it's affecting our churches too that oh, yeah. fact it's the blessing that uh, is one hope. three says we get a blessing mm-hmm. hope, and yes also hope you're supposed hope. to teach all of the Bible not some of it and this is a significant part of the Bible maybe they just I mean I feel like they just don't want to step on people's toes and, you know, and make anybody we have to have everything right you know, things that we believe may not be right, but we're still learning. We're mm-hmm. still searching. Pursuing. Mm-hmm. And my, there's views that I have that have changed over the years, but we are still, we're still pursuing. Yeah. I think that is that. so important. So how would you like start these discussions in the church? Like what, what would you go about doing? Well, I mean, we currently have a small group going on, uh, with several just, churches. There's several bunch. churches represented where we discuss such issues. Uh, we're always available for these kinds of meetings, and we we do what we can to promote the the truth of prophecy. Mm-hmm. And the blessing of prophecy. Mm-hmm. I believe it's blessed us yeah. in, in, in great ways. I would not be where I am in my faith walk without studying prophecy. It has energized me significantly. I think there's just right off the bat, someone says revelation or end times and there's such a stigma about it. They don't read revelation and, and read the, it is a blessing. The word, the ones who hear the words of this prophecy, they don't read that. They just hear or listen to what other people think. And they just think, Oh, like, Oh, that's scary. I don't, you know, I don't really want to get into that. Well, the truth is that the most respected preachers and uh, of the gospel don't agree on it. Um, everyone agrees Jesus is coming back, but the way that will all play out is 
is not really um, something that everyone can agree on, but it's a, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with everyone searching it for himself or herself and coming to, based on what the scripture and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through the scripture, uh, you come to your conclusions and your beliefs, and you should be able to have healthy conversations with someone who disagrees about that topic. And you, yeah. like, we've had friends that we've sat down with and said, okay, why do you believe this way? Why do you believe this way? And we enjoy that conversation. Yeah, not all disagreements have deeper. to be fights. <laughs> yes, exactly. It drives us deeper into the pursuit. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've been talking about this sense of urgency, you know, that we all kind of feel in our shoulders. And sometimes even in my own personal life, like, I feel ashamed or something, feeling the sense of urgency, like I want to keep it a secret or something. I don't know why. So why is it bad to feel a sense of urgency for this second coming? Why is it bad? Or just is, is it bad? It, is it no, bad? Yeah. Is it bad to feel a sense of urgency? No, I feel like people I, I, look I, at you like you're a conspiracy theorist right, or yeah. you're crazy or yeah, you're blah, blah, blah. I you agree know? with you. Um, you, know, you know, it's funny because, you know, you know, Jesus was good. Jesus may come back tomorrow. I've said that before, and people look at me like I'm crazy. You know, I, I think I think there is urgency. I think um, the Bible says, or it's just kind of been a coin phrase: um, "Look up and be watchful." You know, be what He wants us to be watchful because your redemption is drawing nigh. Our our gate to the future, to eternity, is coming. You know, and. And so we need to be watchful. We need to be looking for that. It's our blessed hope. It's the hope that we have. The book of Titus calls it our blessed hope. Mm -hmm. And it certainly is. And here's the thing. Like, if Jesus comes back 100 years after I'm gone, I still would not regret living as if he's going to come Mm -hmm. now. That's good. That's the best way to live, in my view. I can't predict when he's going to come back, but I want to be ready now. And I think that if uh, we freak out about Bible prophecy, we need to kind of look at it in a different way and change our perspective on it. And we need to put it in the frame of, hey, Jesus is coming back. This is a, this is hope. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is not gloom and doom. This is joy. Um, Our Savior could come back today. Every time we see a sign, we should say, whoa, that's the best news I've had today. Yeah. I don't think we have a clue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, first of all, I don't think we know. I don't think we understand the love that God has for us. I don't think we have a clue that and to, to be able to step into that realm and to understand and feel 24 seven, that kind of love, you know, that's what the world is missing. And I think that is what we need to tell. That's why we need to, to say, Hey, look, you know, there's something better. There's more to life than this. This is not all there is. I think it's cool to know how it ends before it begins. And, you know, God is always on the throne, and that's the best news ever. Yeah. That's awesome. Can we? I like when we go around and do, like, final, final thoughts. thoughts. I like that. Like, mm-hmm. final takeaway, final word. I like that. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Caitlin, you're first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or anybody. I just looked at her. <laughs> um, okay. I think that my final thoughts would be your final takeaway 
Number one is that um, there is a book called The Explicit Gospel written by Matt Chandler, mm-hmm. and um, it talks about you know when you feel a sense of urgency, sometimes if you're you're feeling if you're focusing too much on the end times, he, okay, he talks about a mission in the air and a mission on the ground. Our mission in the air is to look heavenward and to think this is not my life here. This like this is my temporary home here on earth. My life is with Jesus in heaven, and our mission on the ground is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit while we're here on earth. And I think that it's important to study prophecy, but I think that we, it's a it's a balance. And so we can't just study prophecy and not complete our mission here on earth. And we can't just complete our mission here on earth and not look ahead to what we, what we have. And so um, I think that it's a balance. Um, that urgency is such a balance <coughs> on how we should live our lives. Also, a takeaway is... Um, just that our views can change as we continue to study. I think that a lot of people believe that, oh, well, you know what? You said this in 2011. Well, okay, it's 2020 now, and I've researched more, and I've studied more, and like I'm starting to believe different things about that. Um, but the more that you study and the more that you grow in that, like the more God's going to reveal to you. And I think that's when our perspective starts to change. We zoom out, and we kind of see the bigger picture of it all. So I really liked how you said wow. that. That's a great point. I couldn't say anything better than that. Yeah. That's not true. I think there's a there's an urgency to share Jesus. For me, my takeaway when I talk about Bible prophecy is always not so much looking for. It's just we have such an urgency. We have family. We have friends. We have people. There's there's a bunch of kids at church mm-hmm. that need um, that need Jesus and they need to understand. And I think that is. That is the most important thing. That's you know my takeaway. Yeah, um, I'll go next. <laughs> I just want to read directly from the Bible in Matthew twenty four. It's the destruction of the temple and the signs of the end times. But I'm going to start um, at verse four, which is in red. So that means Jesus said it. So let's go. Um, Jesus answered, "Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I'm the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but." See to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And this is the part that that Steve mentioned earlier. All these are the beginning of birth pains. And I think right now, you know, obviously when a woman's pregnant, the as you said, the birth pains get closer together. And these birth pains um, remind us of what's to come. They prepare mm-hmm. us for what's to come. And like... Each contraction prepares you for the birth even more. And so I just feel like the talk about prophecy in the end times, it shouldn't scare us, but it should prompt us and it should urge us to be prepared and prepare. Mm -hmm. And especially right now when the world is crazy and all the things that we've already said, everyone knows what's going on, (laughs) that people are looking to someone for hope. They're looking for hope somewhere. And we have it. Like we have that hope. And if people look to us they should find where we are finding our hope and that this is the ultimate hope that this earth is not our home and that there's greater things for us um, after the world and so right now more than ever I feel like we should be diving into this because it is the hope like the ultimate hope and right now that's what people are craving for craving so much and that's just what I've just been thinking about this whole time yeah top that no I can't to that (laughs) I would say amen let it be so 
There you go. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. We've learned a lot, of course, and I hope that our listeners also learn a lot. And if you have any questions, please reach out to us. Um, but other than that, thank you guys for coming. We awesome. really appreciate your wisdom. It's always a pleasure to honor. <laughs> All right, you guys, join us next week. We have a new guest, new hot topic. Yeah, we do. And we're excited. So thank you for joining us for Sundays at 7. Sundays at 7.